Greetings, my name is Marlene Ellis, I'm the Hattrick Copywriter and welcome to this week's podcast. This week we're going to discuss Child Q. As an ex-police officer in the Metropolitan Police as a black woman, there for 12 years and then uh, became the first black woman sergeant before leaving. And I left because I wanted to speak to people before they got to the stage of being arrested. And so I became a teacher. I taught A-level law for a good few years. And so it's a little bit older than Child Q, but I really want to look at this from my experience and what I've learned from reading the reports and just the general disgust of this case. Let me first talk about Child Q. Child Q had an incident with the teacher a month before she ended up getting strip searched. Now, Child Q was a friend or was associated with somebody in the class who got asked to leave because she was in or he was in possession of drugs. And at that time, the teacher said that they could smell cannabis on Child Q. Mum was contacted and mum said no. She's exhausted from studying, but she's not under the effects of cannabis and and nor does she have any. I assume the teacher wasn't impressed with that kind of reply because a month later, Child Q is in the class doing her mock exam and the teacher says she can smell cannabis on Child Q and proceeds to search her bags, her pockets and the rest of it. She doesn't find anything, so instead of telling herself as a teacher perhaps it means that she doesn't have any cannabis on her she contacts the safeguarding officer not the mother not a relative at all and and then she's advised to contact the police so she contacts the police and the police arrive at school and it just gets worse and near so First, there's the issue of the teacher. And I remember being shocked at some of the attitudes of the teachers, where they they take stuff personally with young students. Teachers sometimes struggle with students that are very bright. You know, they're not good at letting things pass. They hold resentments. Teachers often hold resentments against students. So I just wonder whether that was going on there, because it's certainly a bit spiteful. I should have said... Child Q has very heavy locks. Imagine the picture. First of all, she suspects this the month before. Now she suspects it again on this day of the mock exam that she's that she can at least smell it on her. I mean, let's be honest. If you're doing an exam, the last thing you need to do is smoke weed because you're, you're certainly not going to have all your faculties about you. And so she's disappointed, I think, that she hasn't been able to find any cannabis on her the teacher has to now pursue it so the police arrive they decide that they're going to the press are saying strip search so I just want to be clear the strip search is a generic term to encompass all forms of search and it's also a specific search so you could have a general search where you just pat people down on the outside you could have a strip search where you sort of remove more than outer clothing And then you can have an intimate search where you're literally looking at the openings of the body. I mean, I'm being a bit general, but that's the three sort of categories. And this was an intimate search because they required child Q to bend over because they want to look inside her. She's got to open her buttocks, even though she's told them she's menstruating. Remember back in the day? When somebody wanted to really insult you, they say blurred clut. Like 
The biggest insult was to say you're the equivalent of a sanitary towel. And here we have the humiliation of this young 15-year-old being made to bend over, open her buttocks and show herself. I mean, it's disgusting. Not because I'm trying to say menstruation is disgusting. And I know I don't have to say this to anybody, really. And yet the obvious needs to be said so that we're really clear. I say that's a breach of female sovereignty. It's so intrusive and so disproportionate. I mean, let's go back to the suspicion that she's got cannabis in the classroom and we can't find it. And that search, the intimate search, is normally saved for people that are doing international moving drugs from one country to another and you conceal it in your body. And often you have to have a doctor to re remove it from your anus or wherever you've put it because people take those risks. And now you're comparing that mindset with a 15-year-old coming to school to do her mock exams. Now ask yourself, why would a 15-year-old child tell herself, I need to bring cannabis with me and I need to conceal it on my insides whilst I take my mock exam? Even for the most stupid of police officers, how do you tell yourself that she's probably chosen to do that? What would be her motivation? And think of how often you walk past somebody and you can smell weed on them. But no, this person is to be treated like an international drug courier. It just, just beggars belief, you know. And so maybe they didn't even smell cannabis. Who knows? Maybe you saw a black child with a lot of locks and thought, there must be cannabis. I must smell it. It's strong. The psychosis of whiteness that has you unable to see a child as a child, to completely lose your rational mind and treat this person like an international drug dealer and not notice that your own behaviour is weird. It is weird. Now, in the report, it says that actually the actions of the teacher the initial actions shows a healthy curiosity and it's fine that actually I don't know whether the teacher is a she I don't know what race the teacher is I don't know anything about that teacher and I think that teacher's not been named yet but the report says that the teacher has behaved correctly essentially and even that Okay, in terms of local practice and policy, the teacher doesn't breach anything in not calling the parent. She doesn't, she's not in trouble because there's no real law that requires teachers to have done that. They don't have to do it, even if it's good practice, which is pretty disturbing. But I might add that the person writing the report is somebody who used to be an, ass an assistant police commissioner. I get the point that the teacher's not breaking any laws. But I think they were very generous not assessing that matter more deeply because there's clearly something wrong with that teacher. And then we have, okay, a whole range of things around the behaviour of the police. When I said that as a police officer and as a teacher, I never saw their attitudes as much different towards blackness 
So what is it about whiteness that fills the need to be so intrusive into the black body? What is going on with this level of white psychosis that has that bend over child? And if you are on your period, it's I would rather make you do that. Against all rationality, I would rather make you bend over, open your buttocks and show me everything you got than remember that this, this thing I'm doing is irrational. Is it that level of insecurity of whiteness is driven to humiliate blackness to such an extreme that even whiteness has to degrade itself? in order to do it, because it's really a perversion. It's, it's so perverse. How are you going to get your self-respect when everybody knows that you did that? And you can say, well, you know, I really was worried about this drug business. Were you? Were you really worried about this 15-year-old child? What, a leader of a drug cartel? Really? Were you that worried? No, you see, this is the thing that not let's create a policy to make it more tighter. Yeah, we'll do a little tighter policy here and there. I know those things do have to be done, but it doesn't answer the question, what drives the minds of a white person to want to degrade that child in that way with such determination? And you know, it really was about, look, when she finished, you could have said, Okay, I'm worried about the impact on you, so let me just check that you're okay because I'm here to look after you, your safeguarding, your, your safe space. Those teachers could have said that to Child Q, but they didn't. They just left her to go home on her own. So that reveals quite a lot. It's like, well, we couldn't find any drugs, so you can go. That school was a police station. And Okay, we know it's racism. Yeah, we know that's racism. We know it's wrong. We know that they're mistreating this child as if she's an adult. We know those things. But what is it in the psychosis of whiteness that drives grown-up people, professional grown-up people, no different between the police officer and the teacher, to get into a black body so intimately? I mean, think of rape. It's like a mental rape, isn't it? There's no physical entering into the body, but you've got to do the exposing for the convenience of whiteness. You've got to, even though they say in the report, oh, well, Child Q didn't mind. Child Q gave her permission. I mean, really? And there's a lot of inconsistencies. They didn't get the full support of the police. The teachers were a bit vague. She appeared to give support. She appeared to feel be okay, as if somehow you can't figure out that that act of abuse can never be something that you would want to do. Even that, they're going to put all their responsibility onto child Q and say, well, you know, she seemed to be okay with it. What about the fact that teacher and those police officers were okay? Why were they okay with that? What did they really think they were going to find? I mean, you could walk along the high street and find somebody smelling of cannabis any day of the week in London. Do you really think that constitutes giving them an intimate search? 
I just can't imagine it. You know, a white middle class person and saying, I, I can smell cannabis on you and I'm going to take you to a police station and give you an intimate search. So I think this is a breach of female sovereignty. I think we need to rethink exactly what kind of laws we need at this time to protect the sovereignty of women all kinds of levels. And I, I saw this definition, first of all, about what sovereignty is. As a woman, you set boundaries and you nurture the self as a priority. Control over your sacred life your body and the nature of that is sacred. That you honour your body and its limited window of tolerance. Uh, you own your right to remain centred in your own being, no matter what's happening. Resilience in the face of change, to protect yourself wherever the chips fall. That you, you know your worth, it's inherent and established your pain is entrusted to you to help you grow and evolve, not a source of shame. And I, I hope, Child Q, you hear this, that feeling the dignity and rejoicing in the wisdom that comes with healing traumatic wounds, recognising that some patriarchal behaviours are destructive even in yourself, refuse self-fragment and self-abandonment. Each situation is an opportunity to share oppressive patterns and stand in your integrity, child Q. Take your time to reflect whilst you maintain a healthy scepticism and a critical lens backed by your self-worth. Even though this isn't about being anti-men, there's a nourishment in sisterhood I'm proud that you've got your mom and your auntie to stand up for you, child cute, because you need them. That finding and nurturing mutual support with other women on the path of embodying their sovereignty is a core piece of your liberation. It's literally healing that wound, healing the mother wound, healing the woman wound, healing from a place of female sovereignty. And... Somehow we've got to embody that in law, that it's not good enough just to reduce what they did to Child Q as a couple of more policies and child protection, because this was very specific around female. It's too close to rape, too close to sexual abuse. It was abuse under the guise of protection of the law in the name of some kind of white psychosis to intrude into this young black female body, a body that they seem to be threatened by. And when we're talking about new laws, let's think about the UN Convention for Rights of Children. But actually, now we're Brexit. Let's think about, no, these laws have got to be reviewed and incorporated into domestic law. And we want something in law to do with female sovereignty. Something that protects this unhealthy need to enter. I'm not just talking about black bodies here. But we need something that recognises the sovereignty of the woman that has to develop more respect, more self-respect, more dignity. Okay, so I'm going to leave it there rambled on a bit but I hope this conversation continues because we need to drill down a bit more 
We need to think more deeply about what needs to be in place to correct this and to set a different standard. Okay, thank you. Have a good week, everybody. Take care.